Welcome to the Positive View Podcast, the podcast where we explore life circumstances, mental roadblocks, and endless opportunity to discover the positive view. I'm your host, Christy Murphy. And I'm your other host, Brianna G. And today's episode, we're talking about our inner hype man and coming to realize if your positive view, that your positive view of yourself starts with you. Yes, and before we start talking about our inner hype man, uh, let's talk about our mission for last week. Uh, last week we talked about the pretty big topic of reinventing yourself uh, and how we can make small changes to how we think and what we do to start living the life we've only imagined. And our mission was to take small moments to practice being the person you've always dreamed of. So, Brianna, how did it go for you? It went pretty well, I have to say. I went into it. I, I liked that we set the uh, mission being small moments. So that made it feel very doable. I wasn't trying to be perfectionist about it. It really was just here or there. Uh, where could I see opportunity to either think differently uh, about you know, myself in a particular situation or just trying to take on a new perspective, whatever the case may be, it went pretty well considering this, this, and we talked about this, you know, in our pre-show conversation, this was a very weird week. Um, I felt like at any given time, I didn't really know what day it was. Tuesday felt like Friday. It was kind of all up in the air. So it was fun um, to rather than get down about that or get freaked out or, you know, whatever might have happened in the past, I actually just looked at it as, as an opportunity to um, have kind of a, almost like an adventure sort of vibe going and just see that everything was fun. So if I was reinventing myself this week, taking small moments to do that, it was that I was almost rather than reinventing, I was remembering or kind of awakening to the fact uh, that I actually like to be more of a fun kind of, I won't go so far as to say free spirit, uh, but definitely just kind of a fun, less serious person. Um, and I'm not sure how I got so serious over the last few years, but it was, it was actually a lot of fun this week. How about for you? You know, it's really interesting because I was expecting during our how to deal with disappointment mission that I would be incredibly disappointed. Mm. And I wasn't. I, I was just handling disappointment so well, it just didn't really trip me up. And I was expecting on the reinventing yourself, because, uh, you know, especially in that episode, I was really hyped up and then I was really vulnerable and I was all like all over the place. It was like a big revelation when we were talking. So I expected this week to be like, new me, love, you know what I mean? And uh, of course, once again, not what I expected. I actually, you know, I do have some health issues, despite the fact that I've declared myself to be a healthy person. And because um, I keep telling myself I am not my circumstances, but I do have um, like an autoimmune issue that's it that usually prior to like, um, I'll just say it on the podcast, not to to skis out any of our male listeners, but just before my period, when I have a lot of inflammation in my body, I have a tendency to have more pain. And because I'm my age, of course, now my period is all over the place. So it's been like two months, longer than longer, I was dealing with a lot of pain. And so as a result, I was in a lower energy place. And what was interesting about that is it was, it was sort of a muted week for me, which is a, you know, sort of not 
what people would consider my natural state. Uh, so there's a lot of television watching and just a lot of dealing with the pain and just um, doing what I can. But this time, because we've done the reinventing episode and we've done so much of this other positive work, I didn't have that and now it's all ruined or you're a giant fraud because you were going to live your life this week as a person who's uh, living an exciting life and this person who's, um, you know, uh, positive and blah, blah, blah. And you're just watching, you know, three seasons of being Erica on Amazon prime. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's like, I've never, I mean, I have to say in the last like six months, that's the most like television Mm -hmm. I've watched, but it was just a really, great way to be distracted from the pain. And it was just actually sort of relaxing to just go, yeah, just because I'm having a slow or like a down week um, doesn't mean, and I stayed on my diet the whole time, even though I wasn't losing weight. And I, you know, I dealt with that because, you know, when I'm, you know, retaining water and I'm inflamed, I'm just going to have more weight on me. And also uh, there's the part where I was eating more food. Um, (laughs) Let's be honest. There was more food consumption and I'm not my circumstances. It was a surprisingly comforting thought Mm -hmm. that I was more secure in who I am because I declared myself to be these things. And so when the roadblock that is not necessarily inevitable, I want to, don't want to set myself up for having, you know, more hard times than necessary, but I'm a realistic person despite all my, you know, airy fairy, be the change you are, you know, and all that hype, which we'll get into later. Um, it was nice to not be plagued with self-doubt because things were harder for me this week. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so it was just a really different manifestation of, uh, reinventing myself, Mm -hmm. like feeling what it was like to not doubt myself when things were getting hard. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that in this week, we, I I feel like we both went into it thinking we were maybe going to be making some some big kind of active reinventing uh and what it turned out what it sounds like you know from our from our conversation is that it really turned out to be reinventing how we look at things and how we're going to decide um how we decide how that's going to make us feel and then what we're going to react how we're going to react uh to those things so I mean, really changing our perspective or ha- taking the opportunity to just look at things differently so that we can recognize that even, um, as you've said, even when we have certain circumstances that maybe aren't ideal or aren't the way we really had hoped um, that they would be or hoped the, that things would go in a certain way, it's not all ruined, as you said. It is still that opportunity that you, you know, the reinvention comes in just recognizing life isn't going to be all ups. And I know we've talked about this a few times now in different episodes, but part of what helps me for that positive, take that positive view, or even if I'm not seeing it in the moment, knowing that it's going to come back at some point is just, um, at least in part knowing that things aren't going to last forever and knowing that I can handle whatever is coming to me. And it sounds like that's very much, um, you know, one of those things that you came to, to realize or remember this week with the um, just how you were feeling and, and then not only how you were feeling physically, but then how you dealt with that emotionally. And I think that is, 
that is a type of reinvention or a reimagining of ourselves that isn't what we would normally see when we talk about reinvention, right? Usually it's like, I lost a ton of weight or I have a new job and I totally reinvented how I, you know, go about interacting in the world. Whereas this for both of us felt a little more internal or a little more, yeah, I'll stick with internal. Um, so it might, it's one of those reinventive reinvention aspects that maybe isn't going to be totally obvious to, you know, people, outsiders looking in at us. Yes. It's interesting that you mentioned like that not being able to, like, it doesn't feel like you're seeing it in the moment. Right. Because it was interesting. I was talking to my, my sister Edie um, and she has a dream. She wants to be a homeowner. And we live in Los Angeles where, you know, even a, a moderate home that has needs repair is a half a million dollars and mm -hmm. she's single. So, you know, being able to come up with a half a million dollars as a single person, you know, like is, is a little much to handle, you know, considering the wages here, do you know what I'm saying? And so she has a dream of moving to Tennessee and buying a house and, and, and running her own like resale business. And she's been doing resale, reselling on the side and it's been very profitable for her. Um, but one of the things she said about, you know, owning a home is she's been a renter for, you know, almost all her life that, you know, she's been independent and she's like, you know, you know, Christy, I just can't see myself doing it. Like, you know, cause I was talking about hype man and reinvention and she's like, I just don't see it. And I was saying to her, I'm like, oh yeah, don't, you don't have to worry about that. Edie. Um, cause here's the thing I know about my sister. It's, um, it's something I admire about her is she's the kind of person who does the work. Mm -hmm. I said, you can't see yourself solving all the problems at your job. Nevertheless, you always solve all these problems. Your job is to solve problems. You know, she's got to invent ways to get things to work. And um, every project is different. And I was like, you don't see yourself as the kind of person who does that, but you do the work anyway. So uh, just go ahead and have like five minutes of courage where you start to, you know, commit to a realtor, uh, you know, sign your mortgage. And then you're going to, you're going to have a house. Like all you need is like about 15 minutes of courage. I said, because you're not the kind of person who I was like, you know, when you sign a lease, sometimes you're nervous, but you always pay your rent. Like you always do the work. And she just started laughing. I said, just, just treat yourself like your own unrealistic boss who just throws the work on your desk. Uh, and then you just know you have to do it now. And you're the kind of person when things got to get done, you do it. And she just started laughing because she did know that about herself. She does know that when given a responsibility, she takes care of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so she just, you know, she thought, Oh, you know, I'll, let me look at some houses. And then, you know, sent a message to a realtor. And in that moment of action, all of a sudden, when she started to do the work, she could see herself as a homeowner. Now she sees the homeowner in her, mm -hmm. you know, and I just like, so sometimes, you know, I'm very big on the, see yourself now, you know, it's very like up in the clouds and you are the change you are, you know, and you have it now and you can't have it now, but if you can't feel it right now, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Sometimes it just makes things more interesting and fun, which is why I'm really into like, you know, the concept of hyping. But sometimes you just do what's next and you do the work and then you can see. So it's not required. It's just something I do to psych myself up. <laughs> right. I think sometimes people, you know, talk about that as sort of that fake it till you make it. And I don't know that it's necessarily, I mean, I like I like that story because I think it's not really, you know, Edie just taking on 
that um, taking on that mindset isn't really faking it. So I don't know that that phrase necessarily fits in this situation or even in some of the situations I've used. I think it really just comes down to, um, for me, it comes down to just taking that leap of faith uh, or having that trust that I've looked at uh, that you're going to, let me think about how I want to say this. So having that faith or trust that even if you can't see the how something is going to get done, that as long as you keep putting one foot in front of the other and trying, and as you said, you know, um, Edie is so great at doing the work. Um, if you're willing to do the work, knowing that you're going to get along that path and each step along the path just gets you closer to whatever that reinvention is, whether it's an actual kind of active, um, like Edie wanting to move to Tennessee, whether it's, you know, us wanting to take a more positive view and see opportunity everywhere we go, just getting on the path, taking the steps, learning along the way, you don't necessarily need to see every single step before you make it, if that makes sense. Um, so I really like the idea that you just just do one thing, just do two things, do something, and get started. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't listen. A lot of there's a lot of, and I mean, and I need it because sometimes I it's hard for me to just do the work. Some people are just good at doing what's got to get done, and I've had issues with that. And so for me, I like to visualize what it's going to be like to make it more fun. But some people get caught up in like the, well, I can get my mindset straight before mm -hmm. I can't see myself as that. It's like, but you can see what that person would do, take a couple of steps in that direction, and maybe the vision will come later. It's mm -hmm. not required. All that's required is that you know what you want and you're willing to do something to get yourself closer and let the rest take care of itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually fell into that trap a little bit this week. So at the beginning of the week or right after we had our, um, you know, at, right after we set our mission and I knew that it was like reinvention, um, I started, I started thinking, okay, so I can start on this reinvention plan as soon as I get the perfect, as soon as I get the perfect plan down. So I'm going to get my, I'm going to write my plan for how I'm going to exercise and how I'm going to eat this week and how I'm going to fill in the blank. And then of course, what happened almost immediately is that I started to get overwhelmed by all these plans I had to make. And then quickly remembered that I don't need to do all that. I mean, eventually maybe I'll get to be a person who makes that type of plan. But right now I'm not that person. And I don't know that that's necessarily going to be a productive or effective start to my sort of reinvention journey. Um, so what I had to do was just decide, I don't need a plan. I just need to make a decision uh, related to an action. So instead of like worrying about writing everything down, I just kind of jumped in. And one of the bigger um, things that I've been doing at work, I thought I had to have a big plan for. So I, I'm making this goal at work that I'm trying to be more, <laughs> there's so much backstory to this, but I just 
roll with it. Um, I'm trying to be more relational because I sometimes get a little too caught up in like the taskiness of work. And I forget, sometimes I forget about people and not in a bad way, but I just, I needed to fix that. So I set this goal for myself to meet with every single one of our people one-on-one, which is a hefty goal. And it's a lot of people time and that's great. I just have never done anything like that before. And I thought I had to have this big elaborate plan to get it all done. And I didn't. What I needed to do is just set the first meeting and have the first meeting. And what I noticed is coming into this week, um, I was about a quarter of the way through our people and coming into this week and wanting to have that kind of new mindset or reinvented kind of mindset. Um, I just came in this week thinking everything was going to be fun and I wanted to see the positive and the opportunity um, wherever I went, even if I was doing, you know, even if I was doing some of that tasky work that can sometimes be difficult. And I will tell you, as weird as this week was, it was probably one of the best weeks I've had um, in a really long time, which was just really fun fun and really encouraging and just again some new evidence to let me know that I'm on the right track absolutely I I totally because I realized you know uh, this week it was a lot of health and I was looking at you know I put in a lot of systems into place on you know getting me closer to publishing more books and 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 I realized oh wait you know if I'm since I am a publisher and since I am a person who is focused on their health, I don't have to live in fear of, oh my God, I didn't act like an amazing publisher this week. So I'm not really a publisher. That's not how a publisher is. Like I've never, I've been very comfortable with my identity and my feelings um, about being a writer because I started at such a young age and I've just always written and I never really think much about it um, because it's just what I do. And even if I'm not writing that day, you know, I've gone, you know, a period of, I think a year and a half where I wrote every single day on like a work I planned on publishing and I did the work all the time. And then I burnt out for a little while and I took a couple of months off, but never in those months did I ever doubt, am I really a writer? Do you know what I mean? I just, I just dealt with that, you know, over the years so much, I don't doubt it. And what was really great about the reinvention episode was I, we've spent so much time sort of for me, shoring up my feelings of security around, I am the kind of person who, like, I didn't go off my diet because I, you know, that, that, that real big hope that I had for the week before selling myself hard on the diet made me go, you know what, why not just keep it going? Why not just see if you can get it this, you know, this day and you can just, you know, you can go over by, you know, this amount of calories if you wanted to. And then I did it. Okay. Well, you know, you're just going to wait until the day ends and then you can eat again. And um, because like I shored myself up and sort of reinvented myself as, as a person who, who is a healthy person who deals with health issues instead of a sick person who's constantly afraid of being labeled a sick person. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, it was just, it was tremendously comforting. And I just think it's really interesting because I'm kind of the person who's like, blah, 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 everything's wonderful. That like this week on the reinvention week, I sort of had the, uh, the quiet realization, mm-hmm. which was just a sort of, um, was what the doctor ordered, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is taking those opportunities to see where we are 
I I feel like I always use the phrase moving forward. Yes. <laughs> but we are. <laughs> we're we're moving forward and you do that one step at a time and sometimes with weeks like this it feels like you're taking one, you know, not even a baby step. It's like a super tiny baby step sometimes, but what actually maybe feels like a tiny baby step comes out to have an effect that is so much larger. So, you know, because you've had this week, because I've had this kind of weird week related to, um, you know, seeing and taking on a different perspective or coming to new realizations about ourselves. To me, that is going to have so much more effect um, down the road. And every, you know, now we can use this as evidence the next time we roll into another time like this. Um, I think, I, I just think we're on the right track. And I'm hoping that people who were doing the mission with us feel like they too are on the right track. And to kind of pull us into that, we also let me back up. So we're on the right track. Let's really celebrate that. And that rolls us right into our topic for this week, which is we're talking about our inner hype man. Um, and that's the voice that celebrates your successes, highlights your abilities, your strengths. And then that in turn helps you find just more and more opportunities for growth and excitement. And if you're into that kind of thing, maybe even a little adventure. And I think it's funny that I'm the person, <laughs> it's my week to describe uh, what we're talking about because, and I'm going to quote you directly, Christy, um, my inner hype man, you talking about me, <laughs> my inner hype man is terrible. <laughs> and so um, can you just start us out by explaining a little bit about the inner hype man? Yes. Okay. So I have this thing. Um about like the hype man, if, if you're not familiar with the term, and I'm not a big hip hop person, but I've always marveled at this. In hip hop, when there's a rap group coming on stage, there's one guy's job, which is to like hype up the audience to be in love with the band. It's his job. They have a person assigned for that. And it creates an atmosphere of excitement. And I've always loved that concept. And I feel like, like inside yourself, you've got like a little team. There's like a team of people, like there's a person who's taken care of, there's a part of you taking care of your, you know, the tasks to be done and regulating your moods and, you know, taking care of your relationships. But very few people um, have assigned the task to themselves to have their own hype men. And I come from a family of salesmen. You know, my father was a salesman, all my uncles, my father's father, my father's father's mother uh, actually even sold gloves. Do you know what I mean? And the idea is you can have the greatest product in the world, but if you don't believe in it, nobody's buying it. And I um, I was really down on myself, especially as a, as a teen. Do you know what I mean? And I've always been in love with, like we were talking about Ron Popeil, you know, Mr. Microphone, how he would sell like Showtime rotisseries and he invented that. There's that salesman quality that gets you excited over chicken, spinning mm -hmm. chicken, said it and forget it. Um, but he can create hype around chicken. And I've always believed that people need to create hype around themselves. Now I'm not saying that you have to go around telling everybody how great you are. I'm saying you need someone in your head the part of you telling you how great you're doing because when times are tough and you need to believe that you can pull, you know, turn it around, you, 
you need to, and also it just makes it more fun. Like genuinely, like you and my sister are very much alike in this way. Mm -hmm. You're really great at doing all the work, like all of the work and then some, I mean, all of the work. And then um, I'm kind of really good at like doing a little bit of work and going, hey, look at this, huh? <laughs> I, I literally remember when we hadn't connected in a long time. I think I was talking about when I got a job as a, a parking attendant and how much I loved it because I could write three books while I was like sitting in the booth. Mm -hmm. And um, five hours later, you mentioned your master's degree. That happened. I was just like, and you were genuinely, what I loved is that you were genuinely impressed by my, um, uh, I got, I got, by the way, I got team member of the month as a parking lot attendant, as a woman in her forties wearing a name tag. I love that job to this day. I, I don't, I'm never ashamed of it because one, Hey, I was team member of the month. And two, I was getting paid to stay up late and write my books in a booth. It was like, it forced me to write more books than ever. Right. And you were like, that's great. And I was like, so what have you been up to? Nothing. Five hours later. Oh, yeah, I got my master's. And I went, wait a minute. We spent 25 minutes talking about, or probably an hour knowing me, about my job in a parking lot and my team member of the month. And we spent, what, a minute and a half on your master's degree, Brianna, your master's degree. Like, your hype man is fired. Like, <laughs> I and you're just like, oh, it's just telling. not that big of a deal. And I'm like, uh, no, I, you're abjectly wrong. It's a very big deal. <laughs> and I was like, we got to do an episode. Because the hype man, it's not about doing the work. It's about celebrating your success. It's about, I literally say to you, it's like you're making touchdowns. And I understand I come from a family where they think it's a little gauche to do the touchdown dance, but the crowd goes wild and I've, I've embraced the touchdown dance. I'm like, you are literally running touchdowns and then just running straight out of the end zone into another stadium to do another football game without even looking at the crowd. Um, <laughs> and I just feel like uh, the excitement of your life sort of, it makes it more fun. It's not required, mm -hmm. but it can be a lot more fun to sort of look back at your handiwork uh, and celebrate it. Uh, and so I thought we got to do an episode about that. So uh, I've been working on you <laughs> for a while on the hype man thing. How has it been going? <laughs> you have been working on me for a while with the hype man thing. I think, um, I don't know what I was talking about this afternoon on our pre-call, but I know that I, I used it at least once this week at that point. <laughs> Um, I, I wish I could, I wish I could explain why my hype man is so terrible. I don't really know. Um, other than I'm sure it stems from, you know, just that idea of not wanting to be, I have a real big <laughs> worry about being big headed or arrogant. And so somehow just, um, you know, talking about that kind of stuff just feels, I don't know, like, I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel very comfortable. But I will say for myself, you know, just internally, I maybe don't have a hype man, so to speak, but I definitely can recognize my accomplishments or my strengths. Um, I think all of that goes towards having a pretty, um, just being a very resilient person overall. Um, so I don't, it's not as if I don't have anything positive going on. <laughs> internally because I definitely do um but what I'm trying to learn thanks to your um 
advice and coaching uh, is that it is okay to talk about the things that we're good at or the great things that we've done or to want even to, to want to talk about those things. Cause I think for me, that's part of the struggle is it feels weird even wanting to tell someone that I've done something kind of good, great, awesome, whatever the case may be. So I think I have to get over that uh, before I start uh, just jumping off and and right away jumping into being super gregarious about the different things that I'm doing in my life. I, I know, and I don't want to be overly critical. I'm just actually trying to be funny. Um, no. And I do believe, like, although I, I will posit that um, there's a lot of room between recognizing an accomplishment um, and being a resilient person and sort of celebrating said accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like a lot of times, um, I think one of the cool things I learned from my dad was that we had fun where we were at. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I remember distinctly my dad used to work for um, a place, he used to drive a truck for a linen truck, Southern Linen, when we were really young. And um, all these kids were, I, we were money light, right? So all these kids would go out and they would get their, um, you know, their Halloween costumes, which strangely enough, back in the seventies, the costumes were like a plastic thing with a plastic face. And you sort of wore the face of Batman on your chest. It was weird. Um, but all the kids had those store-bought costumes and we couldn't afford them. Um, but what we did have access to was my dad, um, got us like we were surgeons one year we were chefs another year like whatever myriad of institutional workers my father laundered (laughs) uniforms for (laughs) that became that year's um halloween costume and my Mm -hmm. dad would come home and he'd be like i got your costumes ready you're you know you're chefs and he's like this is a real chef's ad this isn't some piece of plastic from a store this is the real thing and he sold me so much on this outfit and then we got these um these uh um, uh, pillowcases, right? That had property of Southern linen stamped on the side, <laughs> these white pillowcases. And that was our bag for candy. Mm-hmm. But they were institutional linen cases. So they were really strong. So you could put, my dad was saying, because I was like, oh, I don't have a pumpkin like the other kids. You know, when you're a kid, you're just worried about what all the other kids had. And my dad would be like, yeah, those pumpkins, you can only fit this much candy, but this, look how strong this is. I, you could put a bowling ball in this. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. And so when the kids tried to make fun of me about my pillowcase candy thing, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, I can I can have like four times the amount of candy. And I remember distinctly one of the richer girls in our school um, saying to me, oh my God, I've got to have my parents buy me one of those pillowcases. Like, cause all of hers were like the fancy pillowcases with, um, you know, uh, you know, flowers and stuff like that. So it wasn't just like plain white, like a ghost, like I sold mine. Um, and there was something about being excited about what's going on with you that keeps looking at what other people have as some sort of, Oh, why don't I have that? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like for the longest time I'd work really hard to get something and I wouldn't sell myself on why this thing that I worked hard to get was great. And I'd look over at what somebody else had and they were having such a good time. I would be tempted to be like, I guess I should be over there because I'm not having any fun here. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's um, like the value of like having your own inner hype man. You don't have to go around telling everybody 
why you're great, but you can show the world that you're having a good time being who you are. Mm-hmm. And, and it creates like an excitement about your own life that makes um, like getting up in the morning entirely more exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is something really fun uh, just about celebrating those successes and then using them to kind of propel you into whatever new opportunities are coming up next. I have noticed definitely um, not only that or, or seen the value, I guess, in trying not to compare where I am to where someone else is and just really be excited, happy, grateful for where I am now, knowing that everybody's on their own path journey. They're taking whatever steps they need to take for their own lives. I don't necessarily need to do it the way uh, the other people do it. And I can be really excited about the way that I'm doing it. So again, I know that sometimes I don't always um, demonstrate that I'm excited about those types of things, but I definitely am. And one thing I've definitely noticed is when I'm excited either about something great that's happened or like a particular strength of mine or something um, that I've done really well, I've noticed that that tends to in some way get translated, you know, outward into the outer world, whether I'm talking about it with someone or they see that the work that I've done and it, it just leads to more opportunity, which is also very exciting. And I feel like then having that opportunity, that new opportunity that kind of comes from this, this initial excitement just builds. And then you're just like, oh man, I definitely, yep, I was right. I definitely have a strength in this area or I was totally right. And this, this really is something that I'm good at or something that I like to do. And I think, you know, the value of that inner positive view about yourself just manifests in not only seeing the opportunity, but sometimes it feels like um, just bringing that opportunity to you. Absolutely. Cause it does create like a snowball effect. Do you know what I mean? And also I found that like, you know, if you watch a movie or you watch a sitcom and it looks like they're having fun, even when things are going wrong, you know what I mean? It's, I used to have this attitude toward dating where I love the dates that seem great. And I love the dates that were terrible, right? Because mm-hmm. the dates that were abjectly terrible made for fantastic um, party conversations and honestly, comedy bits. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it almost became the point where I wanted to go out and do something that was interesting so I could have the story about having done it, which I know is not necessarily the greatest motivation in the world. But you know what? Kids these days are doing it for the gram. And it's like, well, if it gets you off the couch, I'm all for it. You mm-hmm. know, uh, but to try to not just do it for the photo, like enjoy yourself in the photo. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just about looking like you're having fun. It's about like embracing the adventure. And it's sort of, I always think about it. One of the things you said when we were talking about it before was you were like, and hijinks ensue. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it is that sort of, you know, hijinks. A friend of mine, every time we would, um, we would talk about our plans, we wouldn't just call them plans. We would say our latest crazy scheme, you know what I mean? Or our, like there was one thing, uh, my friend Sylvia, it was to me, it was brilliant. Uh, She called it her stamp caper. 
All right. And basically what it was is, do you remember when they went, they took, they did those forever stamps for a while mm-hmm. where they would be good. So she went down and I, I don't know, um, maybe she bought like a hundred or $200 worth of forever stamps, like a lot of stamps. And she was like, the only way this caper works, if you're the kind of person who has the diligence and the confidence that you will not lose track of these stamps. And I'm taking on said challenge, right? And so, and she's like, and you got to hold on to them till it's worth using. And I literally, I don't know if it was just like a year or two ago, do you know what I mean? That she was just like, I just ran out of my forever stamp. And I was just like, oh my God. One, I also ran into um, my accountant uh, was also doing his own version of the caper. And he was like, people keep trying to borrow my forever stamps. And I'm like, and they're like, it's just a stamp. And he's like, yeah, if it's just a stamp, then why don't you buy your own stamps? Cause I've got a thing going on here. I'm like, yeah, it's the adventure of it. And it's just like, when you pull off a stamp caper, mm-hmm. it makes every, she's like, I have chuckled with delight for like a decade with every item she mailed. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And to me, that kind of thing, like half of it is having somebody who can appreciate your capers, who can right. appreciate, you know what I mean? Like that's on your team. Cause I do understand what it's like to be excited about have something and have somebody be like, you know, I'm not going to swear. So I'll just say poop all over it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, okay, you know what? Uh, what is the word? Stop making molehills out of my mountains is one of the things our friend used to say. And then we also do say, you know, um, I'm not snatching defeat from the jaws of victory here. You know what I mean? This is my victory lap. And so part of it is having a friend that is good at this. Do you know what I mean? Or having a community that genuinely understands, hey, I work for this and I'm excited in the doing or in the the success or in the, oh my God, I tried so hard and this is what happened. It did not go like I thought it was and somebody to laugh about it with, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I definitely think the, the benefit of the inner hype man, especially then if you get to, you know, say those things to yourself and then share your successes with other people. There is just that awesome camaraderie that happens and then a levity and just joy. I mean, like pure joy uh, when you, when you get to have those moments. And I think um, it is a matter of being able to find who you can share, because I will say, in you know my experience sometimes um being able to share strengths i think people don't necessarily always think before they speak or or i hope they don't necessarily mean it um when they it feels like they're making an offhanded comment that they don't you know when they're to use your phrase pooping on your <laughs> your successes. Um, I don't think that they always mean it. It usually for me feels very offhanded, but when they attribute your success to something other than you, I find that is a really challenging space to be in. And I do think um, having that experience, uh, you know, not a lot, but enough to just recognize then I just need to not maybe it's better off if I just don't share um, because to, to tell someone that you, Oh, Hey, you know, I got this opportunity or I got this award or whatever the case may be. And to have someone just essentially say, 
So let me stop being vague. So in nursing school, I had the opportunity to be our um, class speaker at our pinning ceremony. So I got to do a little speech. It was great. Um, you helped me edit it, and I'm still very grateful. Um, I remember that. That was a good speech. <laughs> thanks. So I had this opportunity, and when it was announced, um, I was really honored and really excited because this was the one chosen by um, my classmates, and that meant a lot to me. And then I had someone tell me, you know, just very dismissively, oh, it's just because it's, you know, it's just a all a popularity contest. And first of all, that's not true because in my entire life, I've never been in the popular crowd. <laughs> so wait a minute, we are our VIP section. No, but I know what you mean. Neither am I. <laughs> so, so that's just, you know, right away, that wasn't true. And it just was incredibly hurtful and deflating. And I know that I should probably not have allowed it to, you know, affect me as much as I did. But for a good couple of weeks, it had a pretty significant effect on me to the point of, you know, at one point I was like, man, I don't know if I even want to do this again, which is crazy because it's a huge honor. I was really pleased. Um, I actually don't mind. Let me just, I love actually public speaking. It makes me very nervous, but once I get up there, it is just something I really enjoy doing. And to be able to do that related to my experience in nursing school was just one of the best things. And so I really had to work hard to come back from that and recognize, no, it doesn't matter what this person says. This is an, this is exciting. I am really uh, grateful for the opportunity and I can't wait to tell my cheesy jokes. <laughs> Those jokes were great, by the way. They were very Thanks. nursing centric. And I was like, oh, perfect for the audience. Because uh, I'm big on the jokes. And I was like, hmm. especially the joke got funnier as I spent more time with doctors and being in hospitals, having to rate my pain. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, this works great. That joke is even funnier now. I'll remember it. Um, yeah. And, but see, and that's the thing that, that has happened to me, too. I remember somebody saying something about... Um, I was booked on a showcase and I remember the whole day, the guy I was dating at the time made it about how he wasn't on a showcase. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Where mm -hmm. is his career going? And the whole mm -hmm. day was me just trying to console him when the day really should have been about my big day. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And one of the things I've realized is just like um, when you're going to be vulnerable um, to someone, there's also, pe there's people, I, I mean, and I was in, I mean, I've been a comedian for a very long time and I've recently gone back. And then of course now comedy is closed, but um, I call comedians the ultimate, like they're not fair weather friends, they're foul weather friends. Mm -hmm. um, when I was really sad and depressed when I first moved to LA, because shortly after I moved, my father died. Um, they were there. They were there for the misery and the sadness. But the second, like I almost like I, it wasn't like almost, but I, I got a meeting for a possible TV show all of a sudden nobody wanted to talk to me or they didn't want to hear it. I literally was starting like afterwards, after a show, you know, on the day of my big meeting, we all went out to the diner and I started to, you know, people, a couple of people wanted to hear about what I was doing. There was a comedian at the other end of the table who literally took out his cell phone and started like, this is my new cell phone and like tossing it on the table over and over again. So that like, I couldn't be heard so that he can get mm -hmm. the attention back to him because he didn't want to hear it. Um, mm -hmm. And it sort of like ruined 
my big night, if you know what I'm saying. Like I really wanted to celebrate because the thing about, you know, show business or life sometimes is that there can be times when there's sort of a, there isn't, there's some, the work to success sometimes feels like there's a lot more work than there is something to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And to miss that opportunity, do you know what I mean? Because it's like, there's always a reason, hey, listen, that show didn't get made. And there are people like, oh, yeah, well, you know, see, the show isn't going to get made. But there's this weird thing where you keep going into a holding pattern then. You right. know, oh, you got the part, but the part is only five lines or the this is only this. So you're not a series regular. Like there's always a way that whatever your success is, it could have been bigger. So, mm-hmm. you know, why bother celebrating? And I've mm-hmm. just learned it. that's where it's very important to have um, people um, around you or at least one person or two people who are there to high five and celebrate with you. And that's why I think it's really I'm really excited about like building our own community, you know, because mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes even immediately around you to find that, you know, I, I luckily came from a family where we did celebrate success as well. We are the cheerleaders for each other. Um, but I recognize that as I moved away from my family, when I was alone, it was harder to find that. Um, and so I just really liked to be in a place where I was celebrating other people's good news and I had a place where they could celebrate mine, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's what we're looking to build here. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think you really hit it on the head talking about, I I would almost call it, there's a very short window for hype um, because you get to celebrate it essentially in the moment. And then if you don't take that opportunity, it quickly, quickly passes. And it's almost, for me, it feels like sometimes it's almost as if it does, it hasn't happened. So in preparation for this episode, knowing I would have to, you know, look at some of my strengths and some of my successes, I realized that there are a lot of, okay, let me not use hyperbole. There are a decent amount of times where I have um, won awards and I swear it was as if I completely forgot about those instances until I was getting, you know, preparing for this episode and trying to figure out, you know, how I was going to talk about this thing that I don't actually do all that well. And so I think about, you know, just the celebration around, around those awards and truly there wasn't much, um, partially because I didn't want to like impose on other people or it felt weird to share like, Hey, look at me and what I, this awesome thing I just did, which is crazy because we should be excited about the awesome things we've done. And I know for sure that I am, you know, that's one of the things I really like to do with other people. So when a friend, a family member, whomever has done something awesome, it's great to just share and be excited about that. Um, but for whatever reason, it's really hard for me uh, to put myself almost like to put yourself, put myself out there and be a little vulnerable to say like, Hey, look at me. I did this great thing. And it's maybe not even a, a look at me situation, but more like, can we all just be really excited for like five minutes? Cause this is really, really awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm learning and I'm growing in this area and trying to even just tell, even just talking about 
even just talking about awards is making me nervous. (laughs) (laughs) It is something that you have to practice. And each time you do it, it becomes a little less scary. And each time somebody tries to shut down what you've got going on, because that's them putting it on you, right? And then sometimes Mm -hmm. they just can't bear it. Or it's their job to remain unimpressed in that moment. I remember there was somebody I was talking to. They were talking, you know, I'd I'd gotten really into um, search engine optimization. And I was one of like a, I was a very successful blogger back when that was the thing. And I had a, a site that's still out online called My Thank You Site. I was so excited about the internet because it allowed me a larger audience than I'd ever been able to reach before in my entire life. And I'm still excited, like with this podcast. Like we were looking and there were people in Singapore and shout out to, you know, people in the UK and like all over Australia um, and Canada, you know, um, and I was just really excited about that. And I was excited about my blog and he'd been doing some things online as well. And we were talking about that and I was trying to give him information to increase the audience that he had um, Mm -hmm. for his videos. Do you know what I mean? And it was really early in the day. So I was just like, oh, you can get way more. Um, and he kept trying to tell me, it was strange because he was sort of mansplaining to me how the internet worked. Um, <laughs> and out of the two of us, not to be, okay, no, I'm just going to put it out there. Out of the two of us, I had definitely been making some hardcore money, not, you know what I mean? Like some full-time, I don't have to do anything else but this blog money um, as an artist, which was, you know, very impressive to me because I, you know, always had the day job, always had to do other things. And he was still... Um, you know, living off of savings. Like I was like, but I can show you how you can make money and get more people to see your work. It's a win all around. Um, and he just kept explaining to me how the internet worked. Um, and it and it was sort of like, wow, this lunch wasn't that much fun because I had a lot of information I wanted to share. And, you know, we were both in the same field. I thought this was going to be more of an exciting conversation. Uh, and then I just like shrugged it off because I was too busy being happy, you know, being able to um, do what I want every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, later, um, somebody had said, oh, so-and-so had said, you've built yourself kind of an empire over there with the, and I was like, oh, so in the moment, um, this man was basically mansplaining to me, but later to impress someone else, he was talking me up. Mm. Um, and I've seen that happen over and over again. And I only mention it to people who are hesitant to talk about themselves when somebody's acting not impressed. It's strange because some of the people who are allegedly not impressed with you are just not showing it to you, but they'll turn mm-hmm. around and say it to someone else. So mm-hmm. don't be so quick to be like, oh, it wasn't such a good idea. I shared it with so-and-so. Uh, so-and-so, when it's when it's their opportunity to... Uh, sort of brag about knowing someone successful, don't be surprised if your name comes up. Mm-hmm. That's a really good insight. I think not something I normally would, would think about for myself, but the other piece I think that happens for me is there is a, a just sort of a well ingrained need to be self-deprecating. I'm not sure if it's generational or, or what yes (laughs) but that sense of I don't know I don't know where it comes from really but just feeling like talking almost like talking down about yourself I guess is cool or is the thing to do or is a lot of times you know I do it for humor's sake um but if you if 
if you do that a lot or do it too often, I feel like for me, it really just started to block out that I was actually good at stuff. Um, also, I think sometimes I have used self-deprecation um, as false humility, maybe. Um, and I do feel like I can, you know, that I can be a humble person, but I definitely know that there are times when I've really downplayed some of my uh, accomplishments or even some of my strengths in some sort of weird need to feel like really humble about something. I can relate to that very strongly. I have a tendency. Um, it's really weird. I, I have no problem coming from sort of an underdog sort of place, mm -hmm. but it's very uncomfortable for me to run ahead. Um, and I know because sometimes um, when you're out there that much, um, it's sort of like the, it's like open season almost. There's, it's like a clear and nothing's around you. People can take a shot at you. And I, you know, I was bullied as a kid for, you know, um, you know, winning awards and for ruining the curve at a math class and just, you know, just very much ostracized for being, you know, my own person, like me being smart made other people feel dumb and they wanted me to pay for that, you know? And, um, you know, and I, and I, I think a lot of the humor helps, um, and so sometimes when people give me compliments, especially if I did like a comedy show and I had a really great set and I'm standing outside and somebody wants to come up and tell me how funny I was, um, I, you know, people, people believe what you tell them. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I've found that people legitimately, I'm like robbing them of the show that they thought they saw. Like they're sure that I'm a successful comedian and it's like, well, I'm not on that. You know, like, why do I have to be what I call my anti-hype man? You know, why am I like taking somebody's excitement for the work I do and turning it into what this whole thing? No, seriously, it's terrible. What are you mm -hmm. getting excited over? That's the real thing. Like, and so sometimes in that uncomfortable situation, it's really hard to do with a stranger, right? It's easy for me to do it, you and me on the phone or even to me. And like, you know, I, I've got friends listening to, you know, it's easy for me to do that because I'm not looking right into someone's eyes saying, Hey, look at me. I did this awesome thing. You know what I mean? So, um, so in the moment, like all I've been able, not all the time, every once in a while, I could just say, thank you. I've stopped saying you're very kind. That's just a phrase that I was taught. Um, just out of curiosity, can you hear the, uh, incredible booming coming out of my microphone, by the way? Is yes, that are fireworks? Yeah. But it's apparently fireworks that are literally in the room with me, apparently. Like that's amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the point being, I've been able to at least make a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes if you can't bridge the gap between just sincerely being able to accept a compliment and celebrate with a stranger when somebody's looking right at you, sometimes mm -hmm. you can make a joke that isn't self-deprecating. You can do the, my favorite is, um, and they're like, oh my God, you're so funny. I'll say, I love the way you think. <laughs> or you have amazing taste. Do you know what I mean? And the, you're my new favorite person is another one um, that I used often. Um, that, you know, that keeps the excitement going, but makes me feel a little less like, oh, well, look at me. It's my fan. Do you know what I mean? Like that just, that sometimes, despite the fact that I'm very, yes, everything's awesome. You know, that genuinely makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the, I think one of the 
best lessons I learned was being able to just say thank you, even if it made me uncomfortable, uh, even if I didn't necessarily, if I was getting a compliment that I didn't really believe it, um, you know, just because I tend to be a perfectionist, um, just being able to say thank you uh, because you know, that person's putting themselves out there as well. The saying thank you just helped kind of, I I don't know what it did for me exactly. In part, it helped, you know, that external validation helped to serve as evidence for me that maybe, you know, if I, if I gave a speech or did a project or whatever the case may be, and someone, you know, said, oh, that was a great job. Just saying thank you, let that hang in the air as being true. And that helped me then to kind of just pull that in and use it as evidence uh, to say, yeah, I actually am really good at this thing. Or um, it's, and, and I am good at this thing and it's okay to feel happy and positive about that, which I know to some people may sound weird or odd that, you know, that you would think the opposite is true. But for a long time, I just felt like it was, it was kind of a taboo to think positively about, not about myself, but just about my skills and abilities or that somehow thinking positively meant I was, you know, our our favorite phrase, big headed <laughs> or arrogant. I um I think even if in the moment, like when you're out there, you're just quietly allowing yourself to beam without saying too much and just enjoying the moment, I do mm-hmm. think there's something to be said for at least having one person in your life or like a group on Facebook or something where you can go and say, Hey guys, you know, even just between us, um, I remember the night that I came home really late after I, you know, I'd been doing comedy for about a year and um, I had like a set at, uh, it used to be the comic strip. Um, And, uh, but then I think they called it the Fort Lauderdale comedy club or something like that on us one. Anyway, um, it was the first night that usually what happened was all the cool kids would go out to eat. And if you weren't really funny, you didn't get invited out after that's just the rules. That's just how it goes. Um, and the reason they do that sometimes in comedy is because if you're friends with somebody, that friend is going to ask you for a recommendation to get in at a club. And if that person isn't funny, now you're kind of in an uncomfortable place. Right. So there's just sort of like that thing in comedy. And I've been having better sets lately. And it was the first time that I got invited to Denny's after. Me and my friend Chris both got invited to Teddy's after, and we were really happy. And um, as a result, after it was over, we stayed in the parking lot of the Denny's for hours, just talking about comedy and life and just, you know, because we don't want the night to end. It was a really great night. And I came home, I'd gone back to live with my dad because uh, I was living with my sister, but then she, you know, she got married and she moved out. So I moved back home again. And um, I came home at like four o'clock in the morning. And when I came home, my dad was like, is that you, kid? And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble for being out at 4 a.m. I'm in my 20s, like late 20s, like <laughs> I'm 25 or something or 24. Um, and I'm like, oh, but I can't. I stayed out too late. I was like, oh, yeah, dad, it's me. And he's like, how'd the gig go? And I was like, oh. And he like he sat up 
in his bed and put his glasses on. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, and I was like, actually, Dad, uh, uh, it went really great. I, he said, did you kill? How'd your new bit go over? And it used to be this weird thing where my dad would use language from comedy. And I'd be like, you don't know anything about comedy. But I realized like he was trying to relate to me. And in that moment, he was using the language. And I said, actually, we got invited out afterwards with the headliner for the first time. And I said, and I just was having such a good time. You know, we stayed in the parking lot. And I talked for two hours afterwards. And my dad said, sometimes the best conversation of my life has been in the parking lot afterwards. And I just remembered, it's like one of my happiest memories of me and my dad. And I realized that's where I learned how to celebrate things. Mm. That he could understand this small moment was a big deal. And I'll always remember it. And that's why I think it's so important. Your life is made up of these memories. Having someone in your life that'll help you create that moment mm -hmm. is, is something really special. And I want it for everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know that you want it for everyone because you're trying real hard to get me to get one. <laughs> yes! <laughs> to get that inner hype man and be more excited uh, about the things uh, that are that I do that are positive or the celebrating the wins. And I appreciate it. I think when you really experience that and recognize that it is and is an okay thought process to have, um, it does start to open things up just a little bit more. And I'm, you know, I said going into this week that I was really excited about the reinventing you know, mission that we had. But I think the other part of it was too, I definitely, ha knowing that we've been talking about the inner hype man quite a bit, I also went into the week thinking about, you know, where are the opportunities for me to uh, just talk? Okay, I'm not to the point where I can really talk about my, my successes yet. You can tell but, me. It's true. But where are the, where are the opportunities to just for myself, draw on, draw on those kind of thoughts, feelings, whatever the case may be. And really what I found is they, they really, or that, that inner hype man really came in handy when I had to do um, like with these one-on-one -on -one inter or not interviews, these one-on-one -on -one meetings that I was doing with people, I was really nervous because I don't necessarily do vulnerability well. And this is a getting to know you kind of conversation. And I'm putting, I'm putting myself out there just like this other individual is, and that's not super comfortable, but my inner hype man, I had to remember that, you know, I, I, I do well connecting with people. And I, despite joking, again, that self-deprecating piece about like being more into the tasks, which I do tend to get caught up in, but, you know, being more about the work and not always doing great with the people part, true, but I, I, I use that kind of in more of a self-deprecating way to make it seem as if I have no people skills which is crazy because I do. Um, and I actually do really well interacting with people and I really enjoy, you know, the inner hype man this week also reminded me that I just really enjoy making those kinds of connections with people, getting to know folks. What is it that, you know, kind of what is it that drives them? What? It, why are they, 
in this particular profession? What do they got going on in their lives? All of that to me is interesting. Um, and it is definitely something I truly am wondering about. I just had to get past this need to feel like either to feel like I was doing something not, which is weird, but to feel like I was not good at something or, you know, that kind of self-deprecating piece. I had to, I had to let that go and just really be like, no, I can do this. And actually I really enjoy doing this. So while I'm working on my reinvention this week, I'm also going to do a little pre-work on my hype man. I love that because like to me, I think your um, one-on-one connection caper was arousing success. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, you know, hijinks ensued, fun was had. Do you know what I mean? You got, like, you, you were making, you were open and you were jokes and you were having fun. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, also, like, I distinctly remember, you know, we've talked about um, your kayaking and you actually just, you know, made a kayak buddy and went kayaking. And I was mm-hmm. just like, and, and then you forgot to mention it for like four hours. I think I was talking about a chicken sandwich or something. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, hello. That's amazing. Do you know what I mean? And, and the key is, is like, you don't necessarily have to constantly hype yourself up. But I think it's important to connect with people, you know, that are good at celebrating. Like, you can have like complimentary skills. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, like, you know, like, look for people to add to your like repertoire of, you know, your, your like life or your friends or whatever. Look for somebody who genuinely has that around you because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you don't remember a good friend, will remind you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And also I just like hearing people's good news. Like I realize that's something I genuinely enjoy that to me makes life more exciting and Mm -hmm. uh, like, I don't know, worth doing. You know, and um, I don't know, maybe for me, it's about the, I think, you know, like some people will like fix a door or paint a door or paint a room and they'll do all the hard work and then they'll like sit, stand back and like, you know, like good job me. You know what I mean? I think I'm the kind of person who maybe like paints like a third of the wall and just marvels like, look, this is going to be great. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And like literally we'll just stare at that for hours. Like I think my love at how this is coming out or how this is working or how hilariously bad it is, like while it's happening, I'm already admiring what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Which maybe takes me a little bit out of the moment or actually, no, I take that back. I think it actually grounds me more in the moment. So you will just be like, look at us having a good time. Like, look at this. Um, and I think it's, um, believe it or not, my guy, um, my fiance, is even more enthusiastic than I am. So, um, you know, enjoy being annoyed by us on vacation. Because uh, uh, we're like, whoa, this is great. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm having a great time. Um, he, he's like the best person to buy presents for because you could literally get him a $10 gift card to In-N-Out Burger. And he's like, yes. It's like, oh my God, I got you socks and underwear. And you're like, this is great. Let me buy you more presents. You know, this is easy. Um, So I don't know what that's all about, but it is, it does make things fun. So you you don't have to, you don't have to be sort of over the top with it. Like maybe someone like me, but I think, uh, you know, uh, add me to your circle of people or someone like me. Um, Mm -hmm. Because it's, 
I think it's fun. And I think, first of all, you're an exceptional hype man, inner hype man supporter. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that there is really anyone that's quite so motivating in such a real way. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you that one. I think, yeah, I think our conversations, aside from just being really funny (laughs) when you're telling me that my inner hype man is fired, um, (laughs) I, I just, I'm very appreciative to the way that you've helped me just reframe how I'm thinking and take a different perspective. I think, you know, in, in talking about the importance of, you know, stopping for a moment to see where you're at and being, being able to celebrate that. I think that hits on something really important that I don't, um, that I definitely don't do enough. And that is you don't have to wait until you're all done to have the celebration. I think that for me is um, similar to what I was talking about at the top of the episode with, you know, feeling like to reinvent myself, I had to make all these, write out all these plans. I a lot of times think that to be excited about something or to be, um, to hype it up or to hype up, you know, how I'm doing, I have to wait until the end, until I've actually done the thing and sometimes feeling like I've done it perfectly um, before I can make this, have the celebration. And I think that's okay. I mean, depending, you know, that's okay if you want to do that, but you, you, you definitely, or I definitely rob myself of being excited for a much longer period of time and being able to, um, you know, just keep building the evidence so that if, you know, I'm on step one, if I can just be like, yes, I did it. Step one is done. Hype it up a little bit get to step two, do that. It's great. When I get to, if, and when I get to step three and it doesn't work out so well, or it doesn't work out the way I think I at least have the one and two to refer back to that I was doing okay. And then, you know, can make some tweaks or whatever and keep moving forward. Whereas if I'm like, just kind of blase about it, or just kind of holding off on, um, celebrating or, or recognizing where I've had some success, that getting to step three where things aren't working out, that could totally derail it. And then I don't ever get to the end and then it's all ruined. So I think I I really like the visual of painting a third of the wall and being super excited about that third of the wall and like, Hey, look at this. I'm doing it. And I did it. Awesome. Yes. Well, because also there's the danger and I used to do this to myself all the time. Like I'll celebrate when I'm done and then I finish, but I realize, Oh, there's more things to do. And then it's just like me putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And then it's almost like there's no fun in doing anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's like, there's always one more thing to do. And it's like, when in your life are you ever truly finished? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't really know what else to say. I think that's, that is such a valid point. I, where I'm, where I'm seeing this work that we're doing and taking the positive view and, and working on these different, these different things, it really starts to bring in this, I, the concept or the idea of joy and that it is 
okay to be joyful and it actually feels really great to be joyful. And that might sound weird um, to some people because they're like, of course it's okay to be joyful. Um, But as we've talked about in the past, we both come from spaces or thought processes that have maybe told us if we feel joy, we maybe should look out because then something bad is going to happen. So coming up with this new frame, this new frame of mind or a new way of kind of viewing the world has really helped me just be really present and experience joy. I love that. And I think that's a great way to segue into our mission for the week. Now, mm-hmm. uh, our mission for the week is actually, it's sort of a choose your own adventure of hype men, right? So you can build your own sales pitch for you so you can get excited about who you are, or you can take on a challenge or a caper. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like take something like, I'm going to, you know, um, sign up for the gym. It's my signing up for the gym caper, or I'm going to try something new, or just literally Take a moment to celebrate something that you're doing in the moment. And it doesn't, you don't have to have finished it. Take a moment to recognize your own joy. So uh, I'd love for everybody to just get out there and like embrace their own inner hype man, uh, be their own cheerleader. And, uh, and also just look for opportunities to bring a little joy into your life. So if you, I don't know, even if you just somehow beat a little bit of traffic, yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, however it's going to come out, just go for it. Um, and I would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you, um, your questions, your uh, perspective, uh, any of the topics we discussed, or if you want to share a success, I will genuinely be excited for you. Um, you can email us at positiveviewpodcast at gmail.com. That's positiveview, V-I-E-W, podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we would love to hear from you. And next week, we're going to be talking about the things we leave behind. Uh, And what happens when you outgrow certain aspects of your life and begin to change and go after that life you've always dreamed of. Now, don't forget, new episodes are available every Monday, and we hope that you'll take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. And also, as Christy said, we would love to hear from you and what you think. So if you also have another moment free, we would appreciate it if you could go and rate and review the podcast. And that is our show for today. I'm Brianna G. And I'm Christy Murphy. We'll talk soon.